All right, welcome to Real Talk Intervention, episode number 17. And I find it a little disheartening when I hear teachers talk about, well, I don't have any effect on how a student does, you know, their junior and senior year on the SAT or ACT when I only teach them as freshmen. And I say, you do. This last week, we focused in a really great amount of depth on the English standards, how those standards are written and the role that politics plays in the creation and adoption of these standards. But you know, I think it's fair to say that science also has its fair share of controversy and politics that surrounds what it does. And not only the English standards were rewritten this year, but the science standards were too. And there was a lot of conversation about that. So we're going to switch gears and talk about the science standards today. When we are looking at anything when we're talking about education it's important to look at it from multiple angles and as we've talked about so many times one of the best parts about doing this podcast is really for me seeing how the different contents are so epically different (laughs) in their approaches so I am really looking forward to getting all up in y'all's science grills with my (laughs) limited science ability and understanding so if I say something stupid I'm just going to put that out there I'm sorry well, I'm really excited about that too because I feel like I've talked about English way too much. I am I am done. I'm done with English. It's, it's time to talk about science. We've talked a lot this month about the difficulty with writing the standards and, and kind of the reason for that is we, we have a lot of different ideas about what the goal of education is. Like, what are we actually doing here? What are we doing? I mean, depending on what our goal is for our students, our standards are just going to come out looking very different. You know, I mean, a microbiologist is going to want different science standards than an ecologist. You know, it's a kind of a non-controversial example, you know, you can kind of go in from there. But this is what makes the standards matter so much, because what the standards are changes the type of education that students are getting. And that is a really big deal. So I don't want to just talk about the science standards, you know, it's kind of all about myself and with you, Stephanie. So Mm -hmm. I brought on the show today a friend and a colleague of mine. His name is John Long. He and I teach together and I'm going to say you know, he and I always have these really engaging conversations because we represent two different like schools of thought about maybe what the goals of high school education should be and we always have really great conversations. So John, welcome to the show. Thank you Thank for you. being here. Pretty much my all my teaching career has been in biology. I've done some uh, some research and development prior to becoming a teacher. So I've, I've been in academia. I've been in uh, private research and development, and then moved into to teaching because that's really where my passion was. So I've taught basically uh, everything from, from pre-AP biology to AP biology to IB biology, forensic science, uh, on-level bio. I've pretty much been just bio. John is really an amazingly effective teacher, particularly with high-achieving students. Um, he is a real science person. I'm not really a real science person. And he brings that love of science and that deep knowledge of science to the classroom. I mean, his pre-AP students, I mean, they score better than most of our district score students do. His advanced scores, advanced star scores are always among the highest. And I would say, John, that you are known, maybe even perhaps feared, for you know your rigorous standards that you bring and let me tell you something, Stephanie, this guy educates students. I'm going to tell you, he educates students to a high level. And that's kind of where, you know, we have our differences in the kind of populations that we work with. And maybe our different philosophies sort of come from there. Would you agree with me there, John? Sure. But being different, you know, in our mindsets on how we approach students, I think, has also helped us 
to develop the relationship that we have and, and being able to, to bounce ideas off each other so that we can really make sure that we're hitting all of our students the right way. I mean, I learn a lot of things from, you know, the way that you work with your intervention to take back to what, you know, what you would describe as the, the, you know, the higher level students. And it works, you know, greatly, you know, it's very much, we can have a discussion and, and see each other's point of view and then go back and say, you know what, let me try this. So, uh, and then that's absolutely true. Yeah, you're right. I, I know I can tell you with for a fact that John pushes me to make my students do better. And I think that our school completely benefits from that. So biology is a required freshman class. So every single Texas student must take and then demonstrate a level of mastery in biology in order to graduate. So Texas is saying to us, there are four things you must demonstrate knowledge of algebra, English, U.S. history, and biology. So what do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, should science be one of the big four things that Texas tests? And if, if so, should that science be freshman level biology? I do not think biology is a freshman level course. It is so vocabulary driven. And what we have found is that their vocabulary development is not where it needs to be. So personally, and this is just my, my personal, I do not think we need to have biology as a freshman level course. With that being said, do I feel that it's, uh, science needs to be one of the required courses? I do. I can't tell you which one. I'm not saying that biology is the best option. I'm not saying chemistry would be the best option or physics, but I think science needs to be one of those things that that needs to be tested, so to speak, because there's no way in this 21st century getting around them sort of society. And so there, there's got to be some sort of tested subject. Is it biology? I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree with you about biology not being a freshman level course. I think one of the things that's really annoying about the, the scope and sequence of biology, and, and you can speak to this better than I can, because I don't think biology is a freshman course in all the states, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, I didn't think so. It's a state-to-state -state thing. There are, there are a lot of states who have it as a sophomore-level class, um, mm -hmm. which I think fits a little bit better. In a perfect world, you know, I would like to see chemistry as a freshman-level class and then uh, mm -hmm. biology as a sophomore-level class. Um, just because of yeah. the, 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 the growth that, that kids get from, from freshman to sophomore year. And it is, it's a big amount. Right. Um, there's some mat yeah. maturation that occurs uh, both intellectually and, and you know physically and, and mentally. So Texas is is one of the one of the fewer states that has biology as a freshman level course. The reasons that things are the way they are, I believe, is you know this idea that chemistry and physics are this math heavy class, and so they need to have these prerequisite math skills before they go into the chemistry class. But I personally don't don't think that makes any sense because I see the, the math, like the algebra one and, and chemistry, you know, those two, those two math classes go really well together. The algebra really supports the, the chemistry. So I guess one school of thought could be, well, you need to take your algebra class before you take your chemistry class so that you have that grounding and that algebraic reasoning. But I see it instead as the chemistry is like the applied version of algebra one. So it's like you're in algebra one, you're taking your foundational math, and then you're going into chemistry and you're learning how to apply that math into real world situations. So I mean, I personally think they go better co-taught, you know, kind of almost double blocked in that way, rather than you take algebra one, it stands in isolation, you forget it over the summer, you come into chemistry class. And you take geometry you at the same time, you know, I, I, no, and I, yeah, yeah, totally, totally on board with what you say. And, and we have such a number of kids now that are, um, 
that are starting to take Algebra 2 at the 8th grade level that they can come into chemistry as a freshman and do mm-hmm. well. But even yeah, if it's that's true. if it's a, a student that hasn't taken Algebra 1 at the 8th grade level, um, th- having it as like a, a, a co with what they take as freshman year because they'll take Algebra 1, half chemistry, yeah, it's just the application. I mean, it's not it's not difficult math. It's it's just, you know, more application. And, I, and I'm totally agree with you with those two things going hand in hand. And I think that would be a much better way, at least here in Texas, for us to be able to do that. But that's not what Texas has decided to do. So, <laughs> No. Well, you know, and you think about it, it goes even further because what would go better with physics than with geometry? <laughs> physics is basically an application of geometry. So, you know, it just, it's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But so I do want to, so you mentioned that you don't want to say which science it should be, but you do think the science should be one of the required uh, tests. I don't know that I necessarily agree with you on that, but I do wonder, well, I mean, come on, I'm going to make you pick one. This is a, this is a show. Which one do you think should be? What, what science should be the one that's tested? Really, if I, if I, if I had to say, I would say chemistry. And the reason I say chemistry is, I mean, you think about some of the basic things, and it sounds really stupid, but, you know, like cooking. Cooking is modified chemistry. So at some point, a student's going to have to cook, <laughs> right? Uh, we, we'd hope. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, just, I, just, I just think that if it needed to be tested, I think chemistry would be the better of the three to test. Um, that's just a personal feeling. See, I, just, I, I, I disagree with you because I feel like chemistry is the most, the more abstract one. I mean, compared to biology, which is kind of like organisms and the environment, which I think, you know, having our students have a better understanding of the environment and ecology, interdependence, that's definitely a good thing. It is very concrete. It's very practical. Physics is very concrete. It's very practical. Chemistry is the most abstract and difficult to grasp of the three, the big three. To an extent, the problem that I have with biology being tested is it's very hard to quote unquote show a student some, you know, microscopic, you know, subatomic particle, <laughs> you know, like in chemistry yeah. or, you know, yeah. or, you know, yeah. trying to explain to, you know, a kid you know, hey, this is what a protein looks like, or this is what a carbohydrate looks like, and not being able to, like, show them that, and I think that's where the the hard part comes. I'm kind of wondering, because for English, we're very different, but y'all have a biology test that is pretty much content, not necessarily skills-driven, right? I would say it's about 50-50. I think that the start... This is where John and I start to disagree. Here it comes, guys. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> Everything I know about science, I know from Sarah. So, uh, right. Um, I, I, okay. That's the so impression I, I, I've gotten. I think that there's there's quite a bit of content, but I also think that there's, just from what I've seen in the last couple of years, there is a lot more you know, interpretation on the on the star exam than there is the hardcore content knowledge that would that almost is like a like a reading skill right absolutely you are absolutely right okay so you are so absolutely you're like 50 percent right. reading skill 50 percent content understanding um for us our test is very different it's very skills based so it should be like a almost like a cold read and then they apply the skills that they've learned in their classes so I'm wondering if the problem is it necessarily that we're having a test that tests a specific course content, should the test that we're looking at just be testing scientific literacy? So the ACT has a science component on there. Of course, obviously, I have never in my career considered 
teaching science in such a way that they would be able to pass the ACT. But when we're talking about a content-driven test versus a science skills-driven test, I see questions like the ACT has. To me, that's a science skills test. Now, that's a high-level science skills test. You were a teacher under the tax system. You remember the um, Objective 1 tax questions they used to have that were just science skill questions. I see biology as the biology star as a move away from that sort of science testing. Yeah, it has, but I mean, there's still a very good proportion of the star exam that has a large reading component to it. Like there are there are yes. there are questions on there that a that a student really doesn't have to have scientific literacy and can still get that question correct. It's just a matter of being able to to read and to maybe use a little bit of background knowledge and then answer the question. Yeah, yeah. being a good reader. But, but I mean, that's not a science literacy. Right. Like those ACT right. science questions are like, wow, they're right. tough. Yeah, when I, look at, when I look at the ACT, what they say that they're testing on their standards, they're testing the kid's ability to interpret data, to investigate scientific questions, to evaluate models, inferences, things like that. And which is definitely a science skill. But but there's there is not yeah. there are questions on the star exam that they don't need those skills. They just need to be able to read. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Questions will be double coded, so they'll be coded a content question and coded a a science skill question. But it's just it's just not there. I just don't feel like it's there. Really, it's a reading it's a reading question more so than a scientific skill question. It's not supposed to be a reading question. It's supposed to be testing yeah. science knowledge. If the STAR exam was completely established based on content, it would be a much more difficult test. And I mean, not to say that it's not difficult because it is is difficult for for a, a number of students, I think, you know, you're seeing those as being easy content, which is why I don't think you're counting it as content because you're like, well, this is sort of common knowledge stuff. You know, if you just, like I always say all the time, if you just watch the Discovery Channel or you've watched National Geographic Channel, you can answer those questions. And they and they are easy. You know, the disparity between the level of the question and the skill level of our students is, is not very high. But, but those are content questions and and for you know intervention type students those are hardcore content questions because that's the stuff they don't they don't know and so for them it, it is a content question it's more it's more than just a reading question because they don't know how predators work or you know that cows eat grass and but is that i mean it's content but is it more content based on experience or content based on hey You've never seen this before, and we're going to have to teach yeah, it to you. You're right. So there's there's that. two yeah, ways of looking sure. at it. I mean, because you've just said that there are there are questions that you if you watch Discovery Channel or National Geographic, you can answer those questions. Yeah. Okay, but that's an experience yeah. thing. That doesn't necessarily mean it's content. As a as a standards based person, it frustrates me to know that so much of the test is maybe based on background knowledge and how how much exposure to these things you have early on and then also reading skills when we're supposed to be saying that this is a content end of course test well and and i think that's i think that's a valid point because i know that students that that i've had in the past and you know i i used to work at you know far east dallas school they had trouble because of because of experience because of prior knowledge you know there is there is that component that hey they don't have the experience because they haven't gotten out of the microcosm of their you know one by one block radius you know household 
I do, I love standardized testing and I, I think it's great and everything, but the one thing that annoys me about biology itself being a standardized test is I end up taking those at-risk populations, those populations that don't have any experiences and, and don't have a whole lot of science knowledge, and I spend my time teaching them, you know, microbiology and the chemistry of of, of uh, saccharides because those are the, 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 the content that I can predict, the content that I don't need them to have background knowledge. I can give them all the background knowledge, you know. So instead of giving them experiences where they're learning about zoos and things like that, it's not worth my time to do that because if they're going to pass the test, I I have to go with what I can predict and what I can predict is all right see now I am I am kind of agreeing with you is the content the hard the hard heavy hitting content parts which is tends to be the microbiology and stuff like that so let's let's talk about these standards because I think we're seeing that maybe we have hard content maybe literacy content somewhat reading content so let's talk about how they changed our standards the words that I've seen with I think our standards and, and all standards is then Texas is trying to quote unquote streamline the biology standards so you've you've seen our new streamlined standards what what are what do you think in general about the changes that they've made from what I've seen they seem to be taking out things or moving things around that I guess they they feel might be really difficult, and I, and I'll just give you an example. So, for major biomolecules, they've taken out structure. Don't know where, don't care about structure anymore. Yeah. It's it's okay. Right. What do they do? Wh which is a which can be good, can be bad. I mean, it, that whole structure is still going to be a component of the AP class, but it's now taken out of the pre AP class. So that's where someone like myself or or other pre AP teachers are going to have to go back and say. Yeah, I know the state says this, but we're going to have to add this <laughs> because that that has got to be there if I want to get these students prepared for the next level uh, because they're going to have to know that. And if they've never been exposed to it, then that's going to make the next teacher's job that much more difficult. The original statement of the student expectation was that students would be able to um, recognize the structure and function of biomolecules. They removed structure and were left with just function. So I think a big part of the reason they did that is what we were talking about earlier, which is when students don't have the background of chemistry, it's very difficult to teach structure, chemical structure of biomolecules. So I think that's kind of a holdover from, from that. When we're, when we're teaching to, to standards, because there's a biology class, a general biology class, non-differentiated between the regular general and the pre-AP, all having the exact same set of standards, where should they aim? Because there's aiming at, in my opinion, if we're making biology a mandatory class that you have to take a standardized test to graduate, we should be aiming at the minimum requirement of biology like this is what you need to be to be a human in the state of texas this is what you <laughs> right. need to know and that's right. that's what i feel like these standards are, are moving toward which to me i'm like great this is good i like this but there's also ap tests that our students are aiming toward there's act tests that our students are aiming toward there needs to be two set of standards there needs to be one for exactly what you're talking about hey if you want to if this is the class that you've got to take to graduate you got to pass, pass a standardized test, you know, just an, enough to quote unquote be human. Here's the standards. Okay. If you are going into an upper level class and you know that you are at some point down the line, you want to go into pre-med or even medical school, you know, you're going to have to go through all those AP, you know, AP bio, AP chem, all that kind of stuff. This is the set of standards. Problem is, are they going to sit down and write two set of standards? The answer is no. They're going to write one 
to make it easy and streamline it. So what we're going to have to do as as teachers that have both sets of students is those that are going to go on a higher level, we're going to have to go and supplement the set of standards with additional material that potentially has been taken out to make sure that we're getting them ready for the next level. While the other ones, we need to make sure that we're hitting what they need to to be successful on the standardized test. Well, that's that's difficult to think about because the whole idea of a standards-based educational system is that the teachers aren't necessarily going to like like I'm not going to get a negative situation because I went to school where I went to school as opposed to having you as my teacher who knows enough about biology to be able to supplement the right information for me to be able to be successful later on now I'm at the mercy of whoever they put in that class with me and I don't have the same educational opportunities. That's frustrating for me that we don't have some sort of standardization when it comes to that. I agree. I, I don't know how, I don't know how to combat that. <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's not your that is not your fault. I mean you we are lucky enough to have you in our school where you have an understanding of actual real science right but that's not the case with every science teacher so our kids are getting a definite leg up by having you as their teacher do you what what do you think about that for english do you think there should be pre-ap english standards versus regular english standards I think a lot of the pain and and argument that comes out of english comes from this you know the english teachers we we have the things we love, right? We have To Kill a Mockingbird. We all want to do that. But, you know, when we talk to Amanda, she recognized the fact that not every person is going to want to do literary analysis and doesn't necessarily need to. So I think if you did have two sets of standards, that might pacify that kind of fight that we have. Are we literature teachers or are we skills teachers? Because minimum skills, I need the kids to be able to do X, Y, and Z. If they want to go on with English or literature or, or moving in, into that and they're interested in that, then we can get into those content pieces with the literature analysis. Let's talk about the, you know, the, the science controversy. So you say, you know, kind of hard science and, and the science that we're getting into and all of this. Well, of course, in science, we have our huge um, evolution, intelligent design, creationism controversy. There was a lot of uh, a furor going on about that the the verbiage of the standards were changing and they, they were doing that in an effort to allow teachers to have more ability or more latitude or more freedom to introduce, shall I say, competing theories of life with intelligent design or creationism, they felt that they were uh, relaxing the standards. So the first thing that came to my mind, John, when you were saying, you know, the pre-AP version versus the regular version, the first thing that came into my mind was, what would you do? It's like the exact, the exact verbiage, the problem, the exact verbiage of the standard initially was analyze and evaluate scientific explanations uh, concerning evolution, so on like that. Analyze and evaluate. And then the verbiage changed to examine. So one thing that comes to my mind right away is if you had two sets of standards, maybe your minimum standard is the verb examine and your pre-AP level standard is analyze and evaluate. Turns out that's uh, that's a pretty controversial thing that you just did there between your you know regular biology class and your pre-AP biology class. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> my my faith and and my science background don't 
necessarily conflict with each other. There's way too much evidence. But if we look at it from a perspective of going to the next level, let's just say from a from a, a pre-AP to AP standpoint, there is nothing in the AP learning objectives or essential knowledges uh, set out by the college board, which has anything to do with any sort of creationism or intelligent design. That is not there. It will never be there. You run the risk of clouding things if you give that leeway. Let's just say that it's a student that's an on-level, and, and for whatever reason, those students that are on-level general population really should not be in that class. They should be more at a pre-AP level class. And you push them to go on to the next level, but maybe they have had a teacher which has allowed them to kind of had this you know sort of gray area when it comes to evolution. Then what happens? They get to an AP level class, and there is no gray area. <laughs> it is very... This is it. And and so you you run the risk of conflict. Uh, you run the risk of uh, the student becoming confused with, okay, what's right, what's not right at that point. Whereas, you know, if you if we go by what the standards used to used to say, then there was really no ambiguity. So I don't I don't know. You know, one of the things that I try to do when we talk about evolution is, you know, make it very clear that whatever somebody's uh, personal beliefs are is, is completely up to them. We're not here to talk about the faith aspect of things. We're here to talk about the science aspects. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just trying to get the content towards you. And then you can make a decision uh, after that. Um, and that's kind of how I how I started off. Um, let, let's present the material and then you make the decision. If you still feel that you know, this whole idea that, you know, Darwinism and evolution is, is bunk, then so be it. <laughs> so uh, if you if you feel that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you want to question things a little bit more, then that's great too. So uh, that, that's kind of my, my standpoint. So do you think that changing the verbiage from analyze and evaluate to examine, do you feel that this is weakening the standard and potentially allowing for confusion that's going to impact our students when they move forward into to AP in college. So as far as the one with changing, analyze, and evaluate scientific explanations concerning data of sudden appearance of the fossil record and just going to evaluate, mm -hmm. examining the fossil record, I don't think having that term in there is really that detrimental. Mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. one would be fine. Uh, because th that's really what you do. You're, you're you're examining the fossil record, which is com which is yeah. which is incomplete, and there is not an, a, a person that will deny that it's an incomplete fossil record. That's fine. But of course, you're not saying that anymore, right? Because you're not analyzing. Wouldn't right, even right. saying that it's incomplete be analyzing? So I guess you're not technically saying that anymore. I mean, if you're examining it, then you can hopefully deduce from that that well, no, no. once you're deducing you're moving up blooms john uh, <laughs> stop stop moving up blooms um, put the synthesis down yeah right. um, that seems to me almost like it's less ambiguous because to evaluate means right? to give value judgment or to determine yeah. whether something is good or bad correct let's be honest the real evolution standards were untouched analyze and evaluate common ancestry analyze and evaluate how natural selection produces change analyze and evaluate natural selection to adaptation those are the real evolution standards and none of them were touched at all okay i think you could take evaluate out of all of these standards because i feel that the high school classroom these students are in no position to evaluate any scientific theory whatsoever but i don't i feel like asking high schoolers to evaluate any sort of scientific theory is, is ludicrous at best 
best. Freshman high school perspective, evaluate simply means can you look at something can which is analyze and then can you can you take something that you've learned and maybe make a, a claim about it? And so if yeah, if you took that out, that's fine. Now the last one that you talked about though that, that they took out completely, which is this the complexity of the cell. Honestly, I think they took that out because it's it's really difficult to kind of talk about Okay, yeah. which came which came first, RNA or DNA? Well, it really was RNA. Well, what do you mean? We're all made of DNA. Yeah, but, but RNA was first. I mean, you know, so and, yeah. and so they said, you know what? Let's get rid of it. So so and that was more to, to streamline <laughs> from a simplicity standpoint. Just get rid of it. When you when when you look at the AP uh, bio exam, the majority of the stuff that the student is going to have to quote unquote evaluate, and when we're talking about data, it comes from the free response. There is always at least one, if not two, evolutionary-based questions on the free response. And I know that because I'm a grader. So, so that's where the evaluate comes in. Can they take some science concepts, and now can they, given the situation, and it's usually on, on you know, something that's currently been discovered or found or you know some current research, and can you not apply it? And that's where the evaluate comes into play. I can't help but think if I was trying to pick a verb that allowed people to put in their own personal beliefs about evolution, evaluate seems to ask you to ask the students what their opinion is. I mean, and nobody's ever asked me to evaluate the law of gravity. You know, that's never happened to me before. Nobody asks us to evaluate the role of DNA or, you know, evaluate Mendel's dihybrid crosses. Right. Well, I know that after watching the Flash TV show that anything that you want to do or create can be created because science is the new magic. And anything you, see, you want to You see to what I'm dealing done, with here? It is science. What happened here? You I see what's happening it, in my life? You, know? you see what's gotcha. happening in my life right now? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right, John, I'm going <laughs> to... Right, see, this is this is my life. John, I'm going to end with this one thing. I've been asking all of our guests this. And Stephanie and I discussed this on our first episode. So I'm going to throw this to you, okay? So we've been talking a lot about what where our standards should aim. And we said that our standards are aiming very specifically, like, for example, for biology, for English 1, for algebra. They're kind of the, to the star test, right? So we think about that test. We begin with the end in mind. That's our end. And we work our way toward that. Do you think it is appropriate? or a good idea for our standards to aim toward these college entrance exams. So should our standards be taking into consideration what the ACT is testing in science? Should our algebra standards be taking into consideration the way that the SAT is testing math? Do you think it is appropriate or a good idea? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, it's an interesting question. <laughs> well, um... This is how the educational blacklist begins right now. <laughs> We're all writing down everything that says. That's right. Um, you know, I... Oh, God. I had a hard time with this question, too. This, is a, really, this is a really tough question. There, there is part of me that, sa that says it's a good idea, but on the flip side of that, I know that there are students, their end goal is not to go to college or university. Why would we want to waste the time establishing those skills or those, you know, standards? I'm just going to have to go with no. I'm going to have to say that the, the standards uh, should not be developed with a, you know, SAT, ACT uh, standardized test in mind. 
Thank you. Yeah, and just so you know, everyone's voted no, except I think Stephanie. I think Stephanie no, I, has voted No, what yes. I said, and I, I, this was taken out of context, I don't think that the standards should be written towards those tests, but I do think that teachers have a responsibility to help kids with those tests. I think it's very different because, to me, the standards that we have in English, I think, already support what we're doing on the SAT and the ACT because it's the same kind of reading and it's the same kind of skills. It's not content. And that's that's what's hard is you guys are talking content, whereas we're talking this, we're talking skills. And that's, that's, I don't know, it's very different for me. Stephanie, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that the job of any educator, I don't care what they're teaching, has a hand in any of these standardized tests, SAT, ACT. Um, it's, it's hard to get, I think, a lot of teachers on board. Well, I don't teach this because, you know, I don't, or I'm not going to, I don't have a hand in getting a kid ready for SAT. And I totally disagree with that. I think it starts with every teacher from day one. From day one, walking in to my classroom, I'm talking about SAT, ACT, what to do to get prepared for it. And there's stuff that, that, that we can do, that I can do to help facilitate those kids going to take those tests. I don't necessarily think that there needs to be something written in the biology standards that says that this needs to be taught because of the SAT or ACT. But it is still my job to help prepare students for those tests. And and I find it and I find it a little disheartening when I hear teachers talk about, well, I don't have any effect on how a student does, you know, their junior and senior year on the SAT or ACT when I only teach them as freshmen. And I say, you do. You have just as much as somebody else. Um, but that's that's short-sightedness on their part. Yeah, I just think when our curriculum writers sit down and we've had the opportunity to talk to some people who wrote curriculum or, I'm sorry, wrote standards for, for the English curriculum – I think it's I think it's an interesting thing. With if you're thinking, if you're specifically thinking about the what these college entrance exams are, are requiring, you know, it's not that you're necessarily writing them to the test, but you know, if that's something that's in your mind and you're trying to sort of gear that, it's going to shift the way that teachers teach, and I mean, could potentially open up more access to kids for these kind. Of, and particularly, I think particularly in in math. Um, maybe the English does sort of general literacy does bring up the SAT, but I think in math too, you know, it's like you're being very careful about the way you're asking questions and, and the way it changes a lot. So, see, for me, I don't have a problem with it just because of the fact that I mean, when you look at what they're doing on the SAT and the ACT and the English section, they're working on where a comma is supposed to be, and they're working on can you figure out the topic sentence and the main idea of this paragraph, and can you have evidence to support this this inference? And I'm like, that that's all what our standards are already. So, to me, it's not this big controversy at all. If we were to align the English standards to the STAR test, I think that would be wrong because I think the test should be a test of what we think is important, right? So any any aligning of a curriculum to a test is wrong. Passing those entrance exams is a huge part of college readiness. And while I agree with you philosophically that we should not align specifically to a test, you know, I, of course I agree with you on that. But on the other hand, what's more college readiness than being able to pass the SAT? 
I, I just feel like it's like whatever you say, somebody's going to hate you on it, and you're going to be <laughs> completely wrong, and you're the worst yeah. teacher who's ever existed. So there you go, Yay. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, thank you so much, John, for being on with us today. I really John, enjoyed this, this conversation. So cool. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's this cool. is a lot of fun. Thank you for, for joining us today um, on Real Talk Intervention. You can follow us on our blog, which is realtalkintervention.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to us on email there. You can also find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. Subscribe and uh, rate and review. That really helps us a lot. You can follow us on Facebook at Real Talk Intervention, and uh, we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>